What is up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators literally all over the world, principals, teachers, instructional coaches, assistant superintendents, superintendents, and even state commissioners of education. We talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education so we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues we work with. Please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating, write a review, and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by me. I'm the sponsor. The best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, or Teachers Deserve It. They are all available on Amazon, as you can imagine, or wherever books are sold. All the links are actually in the show notes. And Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook if you would rather listen to the words than read them. And if your organization, your school, district, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event and looking for a high-energy, relevant, relatable, fun down-to-earth speaker that just keeps it real and really connects with the audience, reach out directly so we can talk about your event and schedule something amazing for your team. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, and I would love to work with you. I often tell my wife, um, like, I can't believe I get to do this for a job. I get to go and work with people all over the country. This summer, I'm in like knee deep, literally right now, this episode is coming out uh, August 7th. I am knee deep um, in just traveling and flying and talking and connecting. Uh, this summer alone, I got Georgia and Virginia, New Hampshire, Idaho, Kentucky, Texas, two Californias back to back, West Virginia, my first time in West Virginia, it was an awesome event, Texas, Illinois, California, Oklahoma, Kansas, Ohio, Missouri, Missouri, Illinois, Missouri, Missouri. I spend a lot of time in Missouri, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota. Just reach out, Adam, welcome at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, mradamwelcome.com for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog. Today on the podca podcast, I have Robert Stevens II from Richmond, Virginia. Make sure you follow Robert on Twitter, Robert L. Stevens. He is a principal. And, uh, you know, I get recommended by a lot of people to, hey, you know, interview this person, interview that person. And, uh, you know, I never know what to expect. To say that I was like blown away is an understatement. Robert is awesome. He was awesome on the show. Uh, I'm definitely going to be having him back on just, you know, I've been trying to keep the episodes to like 15, 20 minutes. This one was just a little bit over 19 minutes. And honestly, I was like, I should just keep talking with Robert for like 45 minutes because I was just digging what he was throwing down. So Robert is definitely somebody I want to have back on the podcast. So episode 169 of the school district podcast. Hey, you know what? Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Robert Stevens, the second principal in Virginia. Robert Stevens, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Heck yeah, man. Everybody right now, go to Twitter and uh, make sure you're following and connected with Robert at Robert L. Stevens on Twitter, assistant principal in, uh, in the state of Virginia. Robert, uh, introduce, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, kind of what you do. Give us a little background. So yes, um, once again, thank you for the opportunity to just uh, speak with you this evening, this afternoon. Um, again, Robert Stevens, I work as the associate principal at Code RVA Regional High School. And at Re Code RVA, we are a regional high school um, based in Richmond, Virginia. We um, serve students from 15 different school divisions in the greater Richmond area. We are a regional public magnet school where we focus to uh, increase the number of students underserved populations and um, computer science fields. So we really focus on computer science and using the blended learning model to support our students. And it's, it's worked really well. The school is in its fifth year of existence. Um, prior to that, I worked as an assistant principal in Henrico County for three years taught for roughly 13 years business and marketing and just really loved working with children really loved supporting teachers and just you know um just doing the hard work that that comes along with this job heck yeah that school sounds awesome man i want to yeah. i want to go i want to go back to high school robert <laughs> and be a student at your school you know i tell people a lot so as you're talking about it my favorite class in high school was auto shop okay because this, because you spent time in a classroom learning about, you know, exhaust or a motor or change in oil or whatever it was. And then you would go out into the auto shop under, you know, under all the lifts. And, you know, there were old cars there that you'd work on, but then you'd actually go do it. You, you know, you would touch it and you would talk about it. And then the teacher would come by um, and do all these different things. And I feel like that's kind of like project-based learning, experiential learning, like nowadays, and this was, you know, 20 something years ago. Um, and I just feel like it's such a better way to learn because you actually, because you learn by doing, you know, not like by, by memorizing right. facts about the American revolution and just things that are important, but what does that give us? What does that give kids? Right. And I, I mean, you said it right there, learning by doing, like that's the way to really get students engaged. Like if I'm really learning something and how I can actually apply to apply it to like I'm living like I can go back kind of like what you said and talk about things I learned in my woodshop class in seventh grade and those are the things that we as students and we as adults carry with us and that's that's the important piece like we work with our students with really learning how to solve real world problems um, some of the things that they're coding and working with in class are things that they can actually apply to the workforce um, we pride ourselves in not so much pushing students directly into two and four year universities. We wanna prepare our students for workforce as well as two and four year universities. So you can, I like to use a sports analogy, like imagine if uh, Michael Jordan didn't pick up a basketball until he was in college. He wouldn't be the Michael Jordan that we know he is now, but we're actually providing these students with the same skills that adults don't receive until you know, they're well after graduation, how to organize a calendar, how to work collaboratively, how to use agile methodology when you're thinking and like design thinking and just different things like that. So we're really um, embracing this, this um, culture of like meeting the students needs where they are and preparing them for these things before they get out into the workforce. Yeah, that is a really, really good analogy. I've never heard it put like that before. And, you know, you can't shove you couldn't shove 15, 10, 15 years of basketball down Michael Jordan's throat or 
anybody's throat or right. i'll just say stephen curry because i live in the bay area and he's the greatest <laughs> he's the greatest shooter of all time i'm just gonna right. say it and they're about to make the play the finals uh but yeah no i think it's a really really good analogy it's got to be a continuum starting in pre-k you know all right. the way through elementary right. school middle school and then you just build on that robert what do you wish more people knew about schools i really wish that people knew the hard work that teachers put into planning and just educating students. Like they think it's an easy job and we are magically going to fix the world, <laughs> but a lot goes into it. And, you know, um, people don't understand like all it takes to plan lessons, all it takes to, you know, have 30 students in your classroom and you being able to meet the needs of each one of these individual students where they are actually bringing into to the classroom with them their own set of issues and things that's going on from their external environments. But again, we're magically supposed to support all of these students. And that's what we do as teachers. Like um, I was talking to somebody a day and they were like, you know, as, as a teacher, you're kind of like a, you know, an entertainer because you wear so many roles and you have to kind of pretend to be this at this moment and pretend to be this at that moment. But um, that's essentially what we do. We, we diagnose what's going on with, with your child and and see what we need to do to get them across that that um the, across the um end goal of graduation and it, it may just be an end of the year thing but however we can get them to obtain the knowledge that we're trying to teach that's the big thing right there so working with students um and just all that goes into it there's a lot of pressure um that's on teachers i think families really started to realize it when you were at home you know, with your kids 24-7, and now you're responsible for helping your students uh, get to that. <laughs> yeah, 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 heck yeah. No, when I was a principal, I used to say that I was a magician and yeah. an and a ninja the ninja because you got to kind of be in like so many different places at once and the right. magician because you got to make things happen that you really always can't control with you know like this or unions or contracts or parents i mean there's so many different things you're like juggling it all i just don't think that's why i asked that question because i just think so many people just don't even realize they just right. don't realize so many things that are that go into it robert thinking back on your career what's the biggest lesson you've learned oh that's a good question um i guess one of the biggest um things I've learned, and I think I just have learned this by experience, is to, is to be patient. You know, um, be patient because things are always going to happen. And the best way that you can really uh, just work with people, solve troubles and issues and fires as they come up, is to have that patience when you're working with people. Um, similarly, the patience, I would say grace. Um, you know, we deal with irate parents from time to time. We deal with irate students from time to time. But again, that patience and grace is how you get to the root cause of the issue. A lot of times, like the parent just wants to be heard, but at the same time, they're really concerned about their child. So that's going to escalate them a little bit. Um, same thing with students. When a student is, is having a situation where they're escalated, that patience allows them the time to get back to baseline. So again, working with, um, working with teachers, um, students, uh, parents just having that patience and grace and that also goes back into um, when we're observing and giving teachers that feedback as well you know having patience with teachers sometimes they get frustrated in the moment or just having that extra body in the classroom and just um say hey just relax for a second you know this isn't a gotcha moment like this is for us to help 
you grow. Like, I want to learn from you. You want to learn from me. And this is a collaborative process, but being patient while we're going through that process. So I yeah. think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Yeah, I think this podcast is actually for me too, because I know being patient in my life has always been something I struggle <laughs> with. No, you know, when you like, you want something, but it's just like, be patient with the process. Right. And I think that, I, I think it comes with age and experience and mentors and realizing that not everything has to happen super fast and right away. <laughs> and if you try to force it, it's actually not going to happen that way, but right. Just right, to be right. patient. So you're an assistant principal. Uh, what advice do you have for people wanting to get into school administration? I remember when I was a, a young teacher, I was like, God, how do I how do I get an opportunity to do this? So what advice would you give people uh, wanting to make that jump? So definitely um, communicate that goal to like your administrative team. Um, really reach out to people, ask questions, um, and look for experiences as well. Look for opportunities to. Um, gain these leadership experiences, whether it's, you know, supervising the after-school activity, um, asking your administrator, hey, can I go on some walkthroughs with you? Or what duties can I fulfill around the building just to kind of take some things off your plate? And then while you're doing these different types of tasks, like picking an administrator's brain, asking those questions. And what you're going to see is the more you start to do that, the more people are going to start gravitating towards you. And then another thing is, you know, you have to look for opportunities outside of your building as well, because generally when you're applying for other positions, the people who are going to be making the decisions aren't the people that work in the building with you. So looking for those opportunities to get in front of division leadership and just, um, you know, being able to showcase your talent. So, again, looking for those opportunities, having those conversations um, and looking for mentors and working with mentors, that's the way to do it. And just continue to read and learn, like be a I like to say be a sponge, like absorb as much as you can. And even sometimes it's not just asking the questions, just observing the things that's going on around you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could not agree more. <laughs> so often I've seen people or something happens, we would hire somebody or somebody else would get a job somewhere else. And then somebody would come up to me and be like, oh, I, I, I was kind of interested in that or I want to do that. And I'm like, how come you didn't tell me? Like, right, you, right, right. you know, and it's not people listening. It's not bragging. It's, 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 you know, it's kind of setting up the runway for yourself. You're just, you're letting people know. They kind of keep you in mind or maybe there's not a position, but they're like, hey, here are these things that you could be doing. You talk about mentors 100%. Somebody might just be like, hey, Robert, I'll be your mentor and I'm going to help you get to that next level or I'm going to help open up some doors or tell you things mm -hmm. to do and not to do or things to think about or is this a three-year plan, five-year runway? Like, what are, you, what are you thinking about? I think those are really, really important things. Indeed, indeed. Because again, when you're, when you're going through those situations, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you're going into interviews and you're answering questions if you even get called for an interview. And then you're talking on things that you really have no experience with. So being able to go into the interviews and talk about, oh, as an administrative aide, I was able to, you know, do bus duty and supervise uh, social studies departments and doing walkthroughs and giving teachers feedback. And those are things that are really tangible that push you ahead of the competition as well. Yeah, no, 100%. And then people just see you and then in the interview too, just to kind of close this question out in the interview, you can talk about those things that you did with those people. So it's not like this brand new thing. Oh, I want to get into administration. Right. Well, here's all the things I've already done. They're like, wow, their brain is already thinking about the entire school and not just their classroom from that teacher standpoint. Robert, right. if you could choose one person alive or dead to spend the day with who's not a family member, 
who would it be and why? So um, one person, and I hate to bring um, politics into this, but one person I will hang with is um, Barack Obama. And the reason I say Barack Obama, because he reminds me of this poem, If, and it basically talks about, um, you know, um, walking with kings, but keeping a common touch with man. And it's this poster I always reflect on where he's walking through the hallway and he's pounding up like uh, one of the uh, custodians at the White House. And that to me, that, that picture speaks so powerfully because you have the highest man in the country as, as the president not being too, um, I guess, stuck on itself to not greet like everybody he comes in touch with. And you can tell that wasn't a, a fake thing. Sometimes you see people do things, you know, and it doesn't come across as authentic and they're just kind of posing for a photograph. But um, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me, um, just this thought process, the way he um, really handled certain situations. Um, you could tell he's a reader as well as a thinker and just really want to pick his mind. And I like the way he really gets rattled about things. And I feel like um, sometimes in administration, especially as a black male administrator, you can't really show that emotion when you're when you're going through the process and just just being an educator in general. So navigating those situations, um, you know, being a family man such as myself, uh, a reader, uh, intelligent, and being able to not only walk with kings, but keep that common touch with man. So being able to, uh, you know, relate to so many people. So I think that's one person I would you know, spend a day with. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, that is not political at all. I was shaking my head. Uh, I was actually thinking about um, President Obama the other day. And I've, I've been missing President Obama. I'll just, I'll just say that's on the podcast. Just take right, it up. Right. Everyone take it for what it is. And I went on YouTube and I just typed in uh, President Obama singing. He was known to sing at times. You know, he sang um, at that church where there was that massacre, Amazing Grace, which was just right. amazing, moving. And then there were some other ones too. He actually had a bunch of musicians to the White House. Um, I can't remember the musicians, a bunch of jazz musicians, and they handed him the mic. And, uh, you know, he was always kind of wanting to be like, no, 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 no. But then he would take the mic and he, right. I was like, I just, it just felt good. It just felt right. good to kind of see that. And uh, actually, Michelle Obama is the most um, person that people have said they would want to spend the day with on this podcast. I've had a whole <laughs> array of people, but uh, more people have said Michelle Obama than, uh, than any other person. So, right. hey, man, speak, speaking of books, you say you're a reader. I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. Do you have a favorite leadership book uh, that you've read that you'd like to recommend to the, um, to the listeners? So my, my, I won't say a book, but my go-to person is uh, Principal Kefele. Like mm. he's my go-to um Go, even he's written a ton to, of books yeah even going <laughs> back to his earlier books with uh, closing achievement gap and then the attitude gap um i just feel like his um his passion shines through in, in his speeches and, and in his writing and then i feel like a lot of his frameworks are so applicable to teachers in the classroom he helps you like just build up that that passion for teaching and he asks those hard questions that, where you really have to examine yourself Mm -hmm. um, building affirmations um, for self and for your students and really building your students up that you're working with. So again, from that point, and then taking it to the leadership perspective, he's definitely uh, one of my go-to people. Uh, recently, I was reading Brene Brown's book, the, um, and I, I like how, um, one, she just talks a lot about like building trust and having those difficult conversations because, you know, in, in, this, in, this, in this industry, 
you know, you can't shy away from it. So really having those opportunities and taking that first step as opposed to stewing over things and letting it eat you aside and as opposed to just having the conversation and getting it over with and realizing like, man, that was easy. <laughs> I feel like Kafale yeah. writes a new book like every six months. That guy churns them yeah. out. If you haven't heard of him, uh, just go to Amazon. It's Bar- Baruti Kafale. Type it in. You can find him. He's a, yeah. he's kind of all over the internet. Uh, Robert, a big part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you, man. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? <laughs> I like passing the mic. I felt like I was supposed to laugh at that moment. <laughs> Took a hot 16. But um, no, um, really just, um, you know, ultimately a lot of things going with the education industry. And I feel like as opposed to letting things that's going on in the world amp us up as to what we should and should be doing, um, let's put the students first. Uh, first and foremost, helping students to not only prepare for graduation day, but what comes afterwards, um, supporting students, whether they're going to college, whether they're going to uh, work directly or going into the military, just helping students uh, have that plan. And, and if you work with younger children, help them start thinking about those questions. Um, you know, I have a, um, a fourth grader as well as a seventh grader, but from, and a 12th grader was about to graduate in a couple of weeks, but we've been asking them those questions since they were like almost infants and then really starting to work with them so that when they're in the classroom, they're automatically thinking about, all right, I am going to college. I need to, you know, have this degree before I can go into this work, into this um, industry or whatnot. So um, again, having that plan. And then as far as just for me, um, follow me on social media. Um, Insta- I'm not Instagram, sorry. I'm on Twitter, Robert L. Stevens, S-C-E-V-E-N-S. Uh, I recently contributed to a book, um, Next in Line. It's a book on... Um, associate, I'm an assistant principals in our role and how we got there and some of the things that we do. Um, you can find it on Amazon, but you can also order it directly from me so I can get a um, cut of it, <laughs> Nice, <laughs> which is important. But um, I'm in there with dynamic authors and um, school leaders from across the country. Um, next in line, lead part two. Um, and I guess that's where I'll, I'll leave it again. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, I wasn't expecting to pass the mic moment, but... Um, eh. <laughs> yeah heck yeah no i'm gonna link the book um i'm gonna link the book in the show notes everyone i'll uh i'll put um oh you got damon qualls damon's been on the podcast okay uh, cool. damon's uh damon's my boy he's awesome um, i've never met but, damon in person i, I oh. mostly work with the people on the east coast and people out of dc it's yeah two that live in richmond um a young lady who works in houston as well or in texas not houston yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon's Damon's the real deal. I'm gonna link that in the show notes, Robert. You send me that direct link, and or maybe your email, or just uh, if Twitter's the best way, people okay. can send you send you a DM. So, uh, hey, man, I've had so much fun talking with you, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, when Likewise. I'm out in Virginia, um, we'll have to get together and uh, pass the mic, or go play some basketball, and we can uh, dispute uh, who's the greatest who's the greatest shooter <laughs> of all time. I think it's Stephen Curry, but. Uh, it's okay. Ah. We can uh, we can talk about that in person. Everybody <laughs> listening, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I truly hope you have an amazing day. Thank you.